But, you know, I, I, I love Christmas shows. And my favorite one uh, is Charlie Brown. It's Charlie Brown Christmas. I love Charlie Brown Christmas. And uh, the message that I'm going to give today, I was going to give tomorrow night in men's Bible study. So you're getting a Bible study message, which is like hot dogs, um, you know, macaroni and cheese and some pop. Okay. But it'll be good. It'll be good. You know, because it's from the word. I asked Pastor Smith one time, I said, how do you get up there and preach? How do you get up there and speak? How do you know what to say? He says, I got my Bible. When in doubt, just quote something, right? So I'm, I love that. I love that. But I love that he does use people to, to reach people. That's his design. And, uh, but I do love the Charlie Brown Christmas. And it just was re- revealed to me recently when he quotes uh, 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 Luke chapter 2. You turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. But when he quotes this passage, someone just told me recently that he drops his security blanket when he speaks. I never knew that. I'm like, he drops his security blanket. Like, this is not my security. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in their field, keeping watch over their flock by night. I'm not a guy that likes to fill my head full of facts and figures. When I read that, I'm like, what can I learn from that? How can my heart change? How can I treat other people differently? What can I learn from these shepherds that are going to cause me to be a better brother at Harvest Baptist Church, a better husband to my wife, a better grandfather, a better dad? And when I look at that, the, the, the responsibility that these shepherds had to their sheep, abiding, watching over their sheep. I think about our church and the leaders in our church and the good leaders that we have, we really do. People that love the flock. But I'll say this here, in, in some capacity, we all have that responsibility. I don't, I don't care if you're 10 years old in here or 15 or 25 or 35, a pap, a grandma, a father, a, a, a mother, an older sibling, a babysitter. Listen, I don't care, a teacher. Listen, in some capacity, you have the, the, the responsibility of a leadership. Acts 20, I'll just read it to you. Paul warns the, the leaders, the overseers in Ephesus. He says this here, he says, take heed therefore unto yourselves. Pay attention, watch out under yourselves and for all the flock. We used to go four-wheeling often, and I could never help somebody else out if my tires are spinning. There's nothing worse than two four-wheel drive trucks stuck together with a chain tight between them. You're helping nobody out. And so it's a self-responsibility. Watch watch for yourselves. Watch how you're behaving. Watch the, the things that you're saying. And for all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. And to feed means this here, it means the shepherd, it means to tend, it means to guide, to guard, to protect, to feed, to nourish. The people that are under your authority, the people that you have influence under, could could you say that you do that for them? Would they they say that that you're doing that for them? You know, when you go to, when you go to Psalms 23, the, 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 the great passage in Psalms 23 that we often, often quote, the Bible says Paul's, Paul's, his testimony of the Lord, his testimony, what the Lord does for him. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul and leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Let me ask you a question. Could your wife say that about you? 
could my wife say, hey, Joe, you know what? You cause me not to lack. You give me a loving home, a refuge, a place to go to, someone to go to that's not going to condemn me and not to judge me, but to love me. You make me run with a sparkle. That's what leadeth means, to run with a sparkle. You cause me to be excited about life and to be excited about people and be excited about serving God. You restore my soul. You forgive me. You lead me. You go before me. You know, Jesus did that. He, he went before us and paved the way. You correct me and you bless me. Could your wife say that about you? Could she put your name in there? Say, that's what that guy does for me. Could your kids say that about you? In verse 9, back in Luke chapter 2, and lo, the angel <coughs> of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. There was respect for that. There was a respect for the glory of God. They, 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 they were afraid. Is fear a good thing? Absolutely. Fear is a great thing. I feared nobody more than my mom and my dad. But I feared them because I respected them. And I love them. I recognize who they were. I recognize the power that they had. I recognize the, the love they showed to me. And I tried to, tried to reflect that in my actions, in my behavior. At verse 10, the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Listen, sit down, listen to me. I'm bringing you good tidings, good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. You know, unfortunately, a lot of us as Christians, we lacks joy. I love that Pastor Mark mentioned that the last couple of weeks about joy and peace that should ooze out of us as Christians. That joy that we should have because we've been redeemed. He's reconciled. We have a, a home in heaven. We've been forgiven. And I think about that joy that we should have. Unfortunately, Christians are more worried about who's in office in Harrisburg and Washington, D.C. Listen, Harrisburg and Washington, D.C., there's no hope in that. There's no joy in that. Listen, the price of gas and the price of eggs, I get it. But that should not sap the joy out of you. When you go to work and when your neighbors see you, when you come in here, listen, there ought to be a, a, a countenance. Your countenance should, should speak of the joy that you have because I am I'm going to heaven. And we lack that. You wonder why people reject God. Who would want a, who would want a dad whose son walks around with his lip down over his chin all the time? Who wants to be part of that family? Because it's here in verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, what? What? A Savior. A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And not just a Savior and a deliverer, but a preserver. We are preserved. The prodigal son, when he went out and he was doing his thing, was he still, was he still the dad's son? That's right. That's right. He preserved us with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's the type of dad that we have. That's the savior that we have. And there shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddled clothes, clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, a lack of strife, a reconciliation. That enmity with God is gone. Pastor Mark just talked about that. The enmity is gone. And you know what? When he saved us, he didn't impute your sins on you. 
He forgave you. You know, how many times do we do that with unsaved people? We judge them by their conduct. How do you hold some, an unsaved person to a standard? It's not fair to that person. It's not fair. He didn't do that with us. Let us go now, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste. Listen, they didn't wait till tomorrow. You know, unfortunately, we do that. We wait to, my wife even says, well, today I could, I could uh, drink less pop or something. You said, how many people are going to start diets today and start lifting weights and start doing this and reading your Bible more? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you know how long it's going to last? But listen, I like goals. I like goals. And we ought to do that. But we could have done it. We should have done it yesterday. Listen, these guys didn't waste any time. They found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. Listen, they went out and made it known. The people that you work with know. The people that you rub shoulders with, do they know? And I get it. Listen, I've been saved for 48 years. I get it. I get in a law. I get it. But you know where I'm at right now? Like, I, I've outlived my dad. I don't know how much longer I got. So this, I'm a, it's a time-sensitive thing now, Bill. Like, I don't know how much more time I really have, seriously, to go out and tell others about him. I can't waste another minute to make this thing known abroad. Because let me tell you something, you make a difference. You make a difference. The Bible says this here in verse 18 and, and, uh, or 17, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And it means to, to marvel, to wonder. You know, I've sat down with guys. I mean, I hung out with, I mean, you know, lumberjacks, hardcore guys, construction workers my whole life, tough guys. And often we would talk, not often, every once in a while the conversation would pop up. Where are you going, Joe? Where are you going when you die? And I would tell them, I'd be honest with them. You know, we're sitting up at an auction up there at Butler. We're sitting on an old hay wagon in between the auction, you know, buying equipment and stuff. And we're talking, hey, Miller, where do you think you're going to go? I said, well, I'm going to heaven. And because Jesus died for my sins, it's nothing I had to did. And I said, well, he, says, you, he, he, he said to me, he says, well, nah, he said, you're just going to rot in the ground like the rest of us. I said, you know what? And this guy's name was Bill. I said, Bill, you think that. And I know we have an audience here, and I know you're... You know, doing your thing, you have to say that. I said, but when you go home tonight, I want you to think about what I just said. I want you to think about eternity. And I, I, don't, I don't know how many times I've had a conversation with people, and afterwards they, they did. You go home, and you think about it, and you dwell about it. You ponder on it. And the, and the Bible says that, that these, that these shepherds made a difference in people's lives. They gave them something to think about. And that's what we should be doing impacting, sowing a seed, sowing a seed. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen and was told unto them. These shepherds kept praising and glorifying God. I love that. That was the end of that part of the message here. But I think about the points that you bring out of that that could make me a little bit more like Jesus when I leave here than when I come in here. We were talking last night uh, before the drop of the ball 
about, like when you study your Bible or you go to mess, you hear messages or you sit under somebody's teaching, do you really ever hear anything new? Not very often. Not very often. But you know what? I need reminded all the time. You've heard that and, and you just need, I need reminded. I need to be reminded to do that. I need to be reminded to, to remember where I came from, who, that I'm saved, that I'm, I have been reconciled in my job. I get to do this. I get to go out and serve him now and to be part of the, of the solution, be part of that hope that he brought to this world. Verses 21 through 24, if you look in, 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 in Luke chapter 2, in the eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child. His name was called Jesus and was named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Mary and Joseph doing the customs of the law here. When the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. You go to Exodus chapter 13 and 22. I'm not going to go here. 34, Numbers 3, 8 and 18 talks about that. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or young pigeons. And so you go from one of the uh, passages that even unsaved people in Hollywood know about it to verse 25. And I love that, that God did this, that he allowed this to happen. And he said, behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And he was a just man and devout and waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. You know, we all have reputations. We all have reputations amongst each other. We all have reputations amongst our coworkers, our neighbors, extended family. And I wonder what your reputation is. Hey, what do people think when they see your name pop up on their phone? Because something comes to their mind. You know, everybody has a reputation. A reputation versus a, a rumor. Let me say this here. You know, a rumor could be a, a lie. But a reputation, there's always a thread of truth to it. And the reputation you have, you have given it. A reputation is this here. It's the belief and opinions that are generally held about someone. I have a reputation, John. You have a reputation, Dave. You got a reputation. Listen, we got reputations. You know, I look at, at Simeon here, and, and, and I know I have reputations to my friends, my family. I have a different reputation with my wife because she knows me for who I truly am, okay? People say, Joe, you're a great guy. Man, you don't live with me, okay? You just don't live with me. <laughs> Ask her if I'm a great guy because her opinion of me is going to be different than you. Ask my kids. They've lived with me. But we do have reputations. Here's the deal. We're starting a new year. And I cannot change yesterday. I cannot change last year. I can't change the last 60 years of my life. I can't change the scars I've left with my kids and the shortcomings with my wife. I can't change that. I can't change the times that, I've, that I have failed unsaved people by not acting the way I should be acting. I can't change that. But I tell you what, starting today, I can do something about it. You talk about New Year's Day. Hey, after we leave here today, somebody's going to think something about you. I, I, in a year from now, I'm thinking about a year from now, you know, is my wife going to say, you know, you're a better husband this year than you were the year before? Hey, Dad, you were a better dad this year than the year before. We all have reputations. 
but we've all made mistakes. And here's the deal. Satan wants to destroy you in your past mistakes. He wants you to live there. He wants to destroy you. He wants to sap the confidence out of you. He wants to sap the joy out of you by the things you've done in the past. You know what God does with scars from the past? Listen, just every once in a while, hey, remember where you came from. Throughout the Bible, it talks about that. You go to Ephesians there, chapter 2, which I was going before. But, but it talks about, hey, remember where you came from. Remember where you came from. Hey, especially when you're dealing with unsafe people and other Christians, listen, remember where you came from. I'll sit, I'll sit down with people with teenagers. I said, listen, before you say a word to that teenager or that adult uh, that's living in your house, before you say a word to him, I said, you look in the mirror. You look in the mirror. You look in the mirror. And we need to look in the mirror. You see, I want a reputation because all of our reputations reflect who? As a saved person, what do our reputations reflect? Huh? They reflect him. Do our reputations reflect his judgment and condemnation? Or does our reputation reflect his grace and his love and his forgiveness and his acceptance and his hope and his joy? Because you're the Jesus they see. You were the first model. There were no, what's in pamphlets we hand out, you know, tracts, right? You are the tract. You are the track. What is your reputation amongst unsaved people? I love Simeon. He's just here. He's just, which means righteous. I'll say this here. He wasn't righteous because of what he had to offer. He was righteous because of his relationship with God and his obedience to the role that he played in that relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what made us righteous. He's righteous, which makes me righteous. Nothing to myself. His behavior modeled his relationship with God. What, what's, what's that thing you say? They went, we went to court. If he went to court, would you, be, would, be, would you be convicted as a Christian? I've heard that. He was devout. He was cautious. He was careful. He walked circumspectly. Listen, in the worship of God. In the worship of God, he was cautious. He was careful. In his duties towards God, he was careful. He wasn't cavalier about it. Listen, I'm a big cavalier fan as far as Kiski area, okay? I went to Kiski. I graduated Kiski. I still live in Kiski. Some of my kids go to Kiski. I'm a Kiski guy, right? Cavalier. But sometimes, unfortunately, I'm cavalier in my walk. And cavalier means it's here. It's a different cavalier than Kiski. But it's the lack of proper concern. Do you realize the hope that you will, that you carry with you? Do you realize that hope that you have? Do you realize the importance of it, the hope that you have, and that he saved you for a purpose? What am I doing with that? Even in our, in our family here, are we edifying one another? Or are we eating one another? And I get it, man. Love covers the multitude of sins. You know what that means? It's happening. We're saying things and doing things. And get, listen, that's life, man. Get over it. There's bigger things at stake here. And, and listen, if we're breaking up and dividing, there's, there, there's nothing that we can accomplish. When we band together and we stick together and we love one another and we forgive one another and we don't quit on one another and we serve one another and we're thankful for one another, then he can accomplish things. Because let me say this here, Harvest Baptist Church has a reputation too. 
Harvey Baptist Church has a reputation in our community, and you caused the reputation. Don't take it lightly. He didn't take it lightly. He was just. He was devout. And I love his here. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Waiting for. He was confident in the expectation that the Messiah was coming. The hope and faith. He was looking for it. The end of that, uh, the, the chapter here, Anna, we talked the other day, Dave, Anna, listen, she was looking for it. Joseph of Arimathea in Luke chapter 23, who, who says he was a just man, listen, he was looking for the kingdom of God. Jesus gave the example in Luke chapter 12, I'll just read it real quick, like you don't have to go there. Lord, let this be in Luke chapter 12. He says, let your loins, this is Jesus because it's in red here. Hey, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Listen, be busy and be serving. Get involved, serve, live what you're supposed to be living. Live like that, like, hey, live like you're going to heaven. Live like somebody died for your sins and you're going to heaven. Why don't you live that way? Titus chapter 2. Starting at verse 11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. It hath appeared. He came here physically teaching us. Teaching us that the denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. Teaching is this here. Teaching is this here. It's to educate. It's to make known for a purpose. Head knowledge over heart knowledge. Knowledge puffed up, but charity edifies. The things that we learn in church aren't to go out and and argue and use as tools to make me sound smarter than you. No, when we read and we study, it's to make us go out and to bring more joy into our lives. Like when we walk out of here today, I should represent him and be more like him and think more like him than when I come in here. That's the purpose. Ungodliness is a lack of reverence. Denying is this here. Denying is refusing what comes natural because it's always you're fighting the natural man all the time. I don't know about you, but this 200 pounds is sort of an enemy of mine and I'm sort of stuck with them. And that's the truth because I have natural tendencies and desires and impulses that are not godly and I need to, to bring them into subjection. I need to bridle those things. The worldly lust, the diseased condition of the soul. He says that we should live soberly. Here's how we should live. If you're saved, here's how you should live. And live is behave. That's your walk. That's your path that you take. We talk about that in Bible class all the time. The path that you take is my behavior. That we should live soberly. You know what soberly is? A person who limits his own freedom. A person who limits his own freedom. And I, and I get this. Everybody likes a style. Everybody likes a flavor. Everybody has a favorite color. And are personal. Don't divide the group over it, let me tell you. You limit your own freedom for the benefit of the group. And benefit of not Harvest Baptist Church, but the, but the Savior, the Save Harvest Baptist Church. You know, it talks about godly righteously and godly in this present world we should live these ways showing reverence towards god see we should we should subdue and refuse 
and deny the flesh, but we should live soberly, selfish, selflessly, and righteously, doing what's right and just and godly, doing what God would do in this present world. Because what's the next verse in verse 13? What's the first two words? First two words, what is it? Looking for. Looking for. We should live a certain way looking for what? That blessed hope and that glorious appearance of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Just as uh, Simeon, just as Anna was waiting for the Messiah to come, what are we doing at this moment? We're waiting for the Messiah to return. So we should be living a certain way and, 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 and thinking of certain things and behaving in a certain way and saying certain words. Listen, that would be, would be fitting when he comes. That's my son, I'm proud of you. That's my boy. You were ready. You were ready. You weren't wasting time. You weren't wasting time serving yourself and your own preferences and your own desires. Because look what Jesus did in verse 14, who gave himself that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. A peculiar people, you know what that is? People that are weird? No, special. A special people. Special set apart people, hey, for a purpose. And here's how we should be acting as Christians, as Harvest Baptist Church members. Here's how we should be acting. As saved Harvest Baptist Church members, listen, with energy and enthusiasm, because that's what zealous is. A peculiar people, a special people, zealous. You know, I get it. Listen, we we come in sometimes, we show up at church, no big deal. You know, I read my Bible every once in a while. You know, I'm living a life. I'm trying to be nice to my wife. I'm trying to do good things and stuff. Listen, we should be zealous of it. We do that with all kinds of other things in life. We, listen, I used to hunt like there was no tomorrow. I used to hunt fish like there was no tomorrow. I made things happen. Like when I saw a fish in North Fork, up above Egypt Bridge Air, he's mine. He's all mine. Because I know what it's going to take, and I'm going to give the effort to do it. Well, how much more should I be given to one that saved me in the short period of time that I have on this earth. How much more enthusiastic should I be? How much more great energy should I be in this pursuit of a cause? Jesus came and the causes bring truth of the world and be sacrificed for us. That's the cause that we're, that we're in. Listen, I don't have to do that. I get to do that. Good works or behavior, zealous to good works, or behavior, you know, self-contact and loving others. You go in Luke chapter 2, verse 26, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the anointed, the Redeemer. And he came by the Spirit unto the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. You know, when I had kids, before we had kids, I had a lot of goals and things that I wanted to do for kids if I was blessed enough to have them. I thought about the things, you know, taking them fishing and, and spending time with them and playing ball with them and, and just loving them and, and help them grow up and stuff. And you think about God when he created the earth, his, his desire, his desire to have a family his desire to have a family, even before we were here. You go to verse 32 there. It says, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. 
a light to lighten the Gentiles. Let me say this here. A light reveals, right? It reveals. We'd be doing uh, about, talking about light in Bible class. And I said that, uh, you know, you walk into a room and it's all dark in that room and there's tables and chairs and stuff and you open the door up and you walk in there and you start, what happens? You start stumbling over these things, right? You start stumbling around and, you're, and you get discouraged and you get distracted and you get angry and you, be, you just become mad because of, the, because of, of the, uh, the, 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 the things that you're running into. But you turn a light on. What happens when you turn a light on? Does all, the, do, does all the chairs and tables move out of the way? No. But the light reveals it. The light reveals it so that you can wisely maneuver and accomplish what you meant to do. Let me say this here. This last year has been hard on a lot of people. And I'm with you. I get it. I think about, you know, Danny and Carrie with Gabe. The last number of months here struggling and going through life, trying to understand the hard times and the pains that's going on. And they don't understand it. But they have been such models for me because I've watched them stay faithful. I watched them, I've watched them uh, realize that God has a plan. I remember Carrie saying that the one day, I know God has a plan. I know God has a plan. And it reveals that in, our, in, in the word here, like, don't be discouraged. Don't quit. Listen, I've got a plan. He reveals it, but not only that, he lightens it. Jesus was the revelation. He's not just merely the thing shown or seen, Jesus the man in the flesh, but he is the interpretation, the reason, and the purpose of it. And again, he has done this here. In, 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 in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given that to us. We hold that hope for other people around us, starting with our families, starting in our church. We are written epistles, it talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, not in stone, but in flesh and blood and read by all men. What's your reputation? What is your reputation? What does God think of you? Go to Matthew chapter 5 just real quick, and I'm going to end right here. In verse 14, chapter 5, verse 14, you are a light of the world. Harvest Baptist Church family, I would mention each one of your names right now and put you in there, including myself. Joe, you are the light of the world. Your city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and give it light unto all those that are in the house. Let your light so shine. Let your light so shine. I don't know if you let your light shine this last year or even the last 50 years, but we need to let our light shine. We need to make an impact and an influence of those people around us. That's what we're called for. We're need, we need to illuminate. Because let me say this, you will make a difference. My grandmother prayed for my pap for 40 years. For 40 years. For 40 years, my grandmother didn't quit. For 40 years... My grandma stayed faithful. 
For 40 years, my grandma served. For 40 years, my grandma said thanks. And I'll never forget 1982, where Redemption Church is in Lowerboro there, up in the hill. If you walk into the auditorium on the right-hand side, we were sitting on the right-hand side. Pap was in front of me and Grandma was in front of me. And I'll never forget him leaning over and says, you're not going to quit praying for me. She said, nope. He got up and he walked down the aisle. Took, him, took her 40 years to make a difference in my pap's life. She modeled what I'm talking about. She modeled what I'm talking about. She let her light shine in that verse 16, that they may see your good works. Did you ever said? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's the reputation I want, is that when even unsaved people see the grace and the love that I'm extending, even though they might reject them, that they, by my good works, have to recognize them. You don't know, you, you have no clue what's going on around you sometimes. But I'll promise you this here, just stay faithful and things will happen.